0: Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind and Solar's general manager, David McDerris, we discuss the latest on self-reliant energy. Check out our additional educational information, including dates for our hands-on workshops conducted in Seymour, on our website, windandsolar.com. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing. So we want to talk today about just some interesting things that I've been observing since we've been able to move in and live in our off-grid place. But before we begin, I always want to mention we've got workshops. Well, by the time this comes out, the May workshop will probably be over, but it was full. We've got, when's the next one? Is it August? August. It's August. And so next workshop is in August Look forward to seeing you there. Go sign up at windandsolar.com and click on the workshops tab. You can sign up there, come and see us. But meanwhile, what I wanted to talk and sit with David about here today is one of the things that I've been really watching in our system is, and again, we're totally off grid. We've got 36 Mission 420 panels on three solar trackers. We're using FM100s. Outback FM-100s with three radians. And we've also got a new battery that we've been selling and really excited about, which is the Fortress E-Vault. Those things are a beast, and we love them. We have four of those. And I should know, are they Mm -hmm. 18,000?
1: 18.5
0: kilowatts. 18.5 kilowatts. And they are really cool. We'll probably do a YouTube video on those before much longer. We got to get over to the house and do some video on that. But what I have been really watching, we initially instead of the Fortress eVaults, we had a it ourself battery system, and I was watching those too. And I am since not a big fan of those now that I <laughs> since I moved those out and we replaced <laughs> them with the E Vaults. But the neatest thing that I've been observing and just wanted to talk about today is the effectiveness of having a very efficient system designed for you. And so what do I mean by that? So, David, what's, and I know you know these numbers right offhand, the average home uses how many kilowatts a day?
1: About 1,250.
0: So about 1,250 kilowatts or, a day.
1: That's a month, 1,250 kilowatts a month. So a day, it's just a little over 40.
0: So when you're looking at sizing a system, what are we typically sizing the system for then for like a day usage?
1: Day usage, I mean, if we're just doing day-to-day, it's going to be we're the typical average system that we're sizing right now is between 30 and 40 kilowatts. I mean, because most people are, you know, if they're doing off-grid or, I mean, that's day-to-day.
0: Wait a minute. What'd you say we're doing a month? 1250.
1: 1250 kilowatts okay. a month. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So when you're looking at that, and we are just talking here, obviously, just about being totally off-grid, so not grid-tying, anything like that. So we're just talking about off-grid. One of the things that I've been noticing about how my system works, which is really cool in my opinion, is the mission solar panels that we're using are so incredibly efficient that even on a really cloudy day, we're still getting plenty of production out of them. And so, like, in a typical... Day usage for us. If I go out and check the batteries, I usually check them every morning, every evening, sort of thing, just to kind of because I'm really, right now it's, you know, it's all new. It's real cool. And I'm checking it all the time. And, you know, a go to bed battery, you know, is probably the low 90s, high 80s. And so, then of course, using it overnight. And we have an incredibly efficient home. We have, you know, a central heat pump, that sort of thing. So, you know, we're not doing a bunch overnight. So then you wake up in the morning and again, it's probably the batteries are probably mid eighties, maybe low eighties, that sort of thing. But even if we have like the last couple of days has been raining here nonstop, we're still getting almost a full rebound on those, almost a full recharge, even though my solar panels are not anywhere near getting full sun. And so it's just one of the things that I wanted to put out in a podcast, just talking about that. As you look at your system and size your system, and making choices for what types of panels you use and what kind of system you use, what kind of batteries and all those type of things, you know, realizing that your system's ability to recover like that is really a factor you need to consider. And so, what are some of the things that you're looking at? Are mainly are you looking at your battery's ability to take a charge in in that sort of environment? That's
1: or? one of the big ones. I mean, definitely one of the bigger deals is the charge resistance they have so the less the amount of charge resistance you have the easier it is for the charge controller and the solar panels to actually charge those batteries and then after that after you look at the battery chemistry then then you're also going to look at the actual type of controllers that you're going to use you know MPPT controllers are going to be way more efficient a lot of times by 25 percent more efficient than a regular you know, pwm controller up to 50 percent more efficient than a bolt con- style charge controller so going into these different battery chemistries, you know, just because you have a good battery chemistry, if you have a bad controller going into it, you know, that's not very efficient actually getting the energy from the panels. So we're looking at all those different aspects. And like Wes mentioned earlier, you know, another big efficiency factor for him is the tracker. The panels have the ability to track with the time with the sun. I mean, earlier today it was been really cloudy all day and kind of sucked in. And then for a brief, 20-minute stint, you know, we've seen little patches of blue sky would, and the sunlight came out for just a second. And the cool thing was is his panels were positioned exactly where they needed to be for that 20 minutes that it came out, you know, and then it went away. But for those but, 20 minutes. But it, even,
0: in the, even in the gray overcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my total capacity on there is, I think, a little over 15,000 watts. Right. And even in the overcast we can still produce 6,000 watts Right. There. And that's huge.
1: And you just got to think, I mean, it, the sun is still coming through. I and mean, I know we've said this on the podcast before, but you take your shirt off out there
0: today. Oh, yeah, you still get it.
1: <laughs> you stay out there all day, and then you come back in the end of the night, and I'll leave my shirt on, and we'll see which one's hurting at the end of the night, and it won't be me.
0: So is that efficiency... Is that across the board or is that panel specific? I mean, I know that the panels I got, uh, those mission panels are excellent Mission
1: panels panels are good. You know, you can look at the efficiency ratings on, I mean, every panel is going to have a spec sheet on them. The greater the efficiency on the panels, you might be able to get away with a few less panels type deal. You know what I mean? Now, most of the industry is trending and they're all around, you know, between that 17 and 19 mark right now. But, you know, a solar panel. So
0: what does that mean?
1: The 17 and 19 percent, 17 is actually just how it can convert the UV light into actual usable energy. I mean, so, you know, you can't think about it in the form of, I've got a 100-watt solar panel, so if I'm only 17% efficient, I'm only getting 17 watts, but that's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about how efficient the panel is converting sunlight into energy. That's what we're doing. And that's why you see panels getting better and better at the same size, right? Because when we first started out in this industry, or I started out here, you know, everything was a 200 to 220 watt, 250 watt was a big panel. And And the same size. Right. And we look at today and that's the exact same size panel that was seven, eight years, nine years ago that they're producing 320, 325, 330 in the same size frame. So they're just becoming more efficient on how they're building the modules, just the different metals they use in them now, different little things like that. I mean, they're just becoming more and more efficient. But that's what we're talking about when we talk about the efficiency rating is how efficient it is converting sunlight into electrical energy.
0: Okay. So you've got efficiency rating on the panels. You've got yeah. a good quality controller. And then you've got batteries that have low resistance to charging. And our lithium still going to be at the top of that level as far as resistance right now, to charging? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, like the blue battery, it does have very little resistance on it. Which you is know, the AGM. The North, yeah, the North Star blue AGM. It's got very little resistance on it as well. But, you know, it's just a matter of the lithium is even less resistance than the blue AGM. There's really hardly any resistance on the lithium batteries. The chemistry they have you know, designed on them now.
0: And that brings us into another kind of question of this or just an observation. We haven't been able to put up yet. We're really close. But if we were to add that tower in right now, add that wind turbine in, Mm -hmm. it really would round out the power on any given day. And looking at that and saying, okay, on a really crummy day, we're getting I would say what, forty percent. That's probably what I'm getting. If I'm at six thousand watts, I'm getting about forty percent of that of my total availability. But you're going to assume that on a day like that, which it is kind of here today, the wind's blowing and the turbine that we're putting up is a 2000 watt dual. Correct. Right. And so we're anticipating, I think, even on the low end, I mean, if that was generating 400 watts up there, you're talking about if you're generating the 400 watts over a 12 hour period, which again is another conservative number, that's back to 4,800 more watts. 48 plus your your 6, and you're back at 10. And so what you're getting is that downward curve on what your batteries store. So like in my place, you know, we've got those four AGMs, and it's like we're saying, you know, on day one, the usage to production, you know, I'm down 10%, but still using like not making any difference. Day two, I'm down, you know, another 10% for a total of 20%. So I'm very gradually dropping and using all of my batteries before you get to a day that's finally, you know, right. so I've got, you know, call it eight days. How long have you been in a situation right? Yeah, that's been eight days before you're really scraping the bottom? Yeah. And then with the efficiency of those panels and the ability for them to take that charge in, you have one sunny day and everything's charged back up. Yeah. yeah, It
1: just takes one day. And that's when we design systems, you know, that's why the amount of solar that we put into a system versus the amount of battery storage is equal because on 99% of our systems, that's how we do it because... When the sun does come out, we need it to charge in a one day period. That way, if another eight days comes along, or however many days of autonomy you've deemed that you want, if another five days comes along and you've said you want to five, then you can go another five days. And then hopefully the sixth day, the sun comes again, and then it can go another five days. Now, we hope that you don't, you know, not always run into that exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, but. It's designed so you can do that. So that's where the days of autonomy really play into the deal, you know? So like in Wes's system, if had we put in this one battery, you know, he may have been at 50% down on the first day been sweating. and then the second day, <laughs> like, oh man, we really need the sun uh-huh. to come out on this next day, you know, or I'm going to be in trouble, you know, third morning, he needs the sun to rise and not have the clouds in front of it, you know? So, but yeah, that's what we're doing there. And so we, you know, they're going to match, you know, kind of one to one type of deal, so.
0: But yeah, I just wanted to take a minute and go over that, that it really helped. I mean, going out and seeing that and seeing what the actual, what's happening with the batteries and then the sun comes up and everything's just, you know, filling up your tanks and everything's great. And then particularly this spring in Missouri has been super, right. <laughs> yeah. super soupy. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's pretty wet. You and, know, yeah. and so... so getting a feel for that ebb and flow on those batteries and how that happens was really pretty cool. Anything else we need to talk about on that and just, no. and just how that
1: just, you know, if you want to get the best for your money, I mean, and as in lots of things, but this definitely is place in the solar industry right now and in the wind industry, purchasing the better product is going to get you. That's what you're paying for right now is efficiency. You know, that's really what you're paying for. So, okay.
0: All right. Well, thanks for checking us out and look forward to seeing you coming to visit us at the workshop in August. Take care. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach like the podcast, YouTube channel, in local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening.